with MakingStarWars.com. Willow in my Making Star Wars show? That's right. Today we're going to talk about episode two of Willow, the Disney Plus series. Episode one and two are out now. And after I talk about episode two a bit and break it down, I will give a spoiler-free review-esque thing about the next episodes. So we kind of open up this episode with a with the old flashback, Willow. And um, in the flashbacks, when we see Willow meeting up with Sorsha, he's got the beard on. Ooh, I am not a fan of Warwick Davis's performance in these parts. It just doesn't come together. I love Warwick. I, I'm really rooting for him. I got a autograph right here on the wall. Not messing around. I'm seriously rooting for him. But it's just not good. Um, we learned that Alora's magic will fade if she doesn't use it. Not really sure how I feel about this plot point. I mean, it makes sense if you don't practice something, you wouldn't have it, but she intuitively has it naturally as a child. And then the impression is that it will fade and go away. But Willow doesn't start magical necessarily, and then he becomes more magical. So I'll roll with it, though. Um, a couple of uh, things I put together watching this episode that weren't super clear to me, and I'm making I'm being a little presumptuous here, but obviously there's a connection here between the Chimerian Curus that uh, we're going to be going after, clearly, and Alora Dannon being the last um, blood of Chimeria. First time I saw it, I didn't really put together that it's a Chimerian Curious and Chimeria is Alora Dannon's people. Makes sense. So there's, there's, there's something to it. But um, gotta say, a little surprised about how mean Sorsha is to Willow. You know, um, do I like it? I think I like it. I think it's fine. I think it's good. It makes sense. I mean, you have to have some kind of falling out over the years. Things can't be, you know, hunky dory or they would all, we wouldn't have the story. So one big departure and my friend, Bestman Bulletin, who saw this at a screening, I think he was telling me, he's like, he's the one who made this observation that I, I felt it. And when he said it, I was like, you got it, man. You're right. And that's Warwick Davis does a lot of comedy in this one. The original Willow is very much very, very played really dry. He's the straight man in the comedy. And in this one, he's like trying to do shows and stuff. And, uh, you know, he's trying to he's he's being performative and being trying to be the the comic relief. And. I don't think I prefer it. I think I do like the the fish out of water qualities that Willow often has. But I don't think it really works as well as the original film when he's the funny guy. It's it's uh I don't want them to laugh at his expense because he's short or anything like that, but it's just funnier when he, when his ego and and or, or when he's trying so hard and then it, it backfires on him. That's truly when it's the best uh, for me anyways. And there's a couple of moments in this show, in the series, that um, Ellie Bamber, who plays Laura Dannon, 
I, I think she's fantastic for the record. I mean, she can be a little inconsistent too. She could seem a little green at times as an actor, but overall, I think that like, um, obviously she's insanely beautiful, but she's also like, uh, her, her, their spirit. It's so good. It, it, and that goes a long way, especially in this kind of role. And they do a lot of throwbacks in this one. If you're a big Willow fan for the Willow fans of the film, Alora's reaction shots, you know, the sideways kind of looks and part of me loves it. And a part of me is cringing about it. I'm, I'm undecided about how it feels, but the fact that I'm undecided about how I feel means I don't feel great about it, but a part of me does like it, you know, and, um, Things that I didn't really care for were like the nostalgic beats with like, he's the High Eldwin. Now, this episode's called The High Eldwin, and Willow has become High Eldwin. Um, Billy Barty, who played uh, the High Eldwin in the original films, has, of course, passed on. He was an older man back then. But it's, uh, he, he treats the role like, you know, he comes out the role from like a performative stance, like he's, you know, doing a Vegas show. And there's part of me that loves that. But another part of me is like, thinks it's interesting that they're showing us that Willow isn't as powerful or isn't very powerful at all. Later in the episode, Sorcia says, you're not a great wizard. Basically, you're never going to be a great wizard. Stop. Bye. You know, get lost. And um, so it's kind of interesting that he's like living in the shadow of his, of his former self. Um, the immature person in me, the, 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 the 14 year old Beavis in my head, I cannot get out of my head, cannot stop laughing at finger test and finger tester. It just makes me laugh. I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, uh, but that's just me being an, an idiot. Um, Sorcerer learns that uh, that Alora has fled, and when we and we have the uh, uh, character called the Lich. I saw the subs this time, and uh, a character called the Lich, which is that one who's like doing magic and stuff, is actually like talking to Bav Morda and the Crone and saying that Alora has returned. And um, I am at this point in the narrative convinced that the Crone and Bav Morda are one and the same. At one point, they mention um, whatever she became or whatever. she's it's, She hasn't been human in a long time. Like, it's not just some old hag. And uh, But for in the intents and purposes of the storybook that we are dealing with, that's Bath Morta, right? Bath Morta has returned. Um, better than episode nine. It's still better than episode nine. It's, it still makes more sense. Um, and... Uh, so I talked about the last blood of Chimeria and the Curus. We have Mims. The, 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 um, we have Mims being reunited with Alora Dannon, and um, who's also played by another Davis. I, I'm assuming it's Warwick Davis's daughter. And um, some of the parts I like, but some of it doesn't work really well. Um. Some of it's really playing hard on nostalgia. And as somebody who truly, really loves the original Willow, 
um, I don't think I needed this. And I wonder how it's going to work for the people who don't really care about the movie too much. Or does it just seem cool? I, I don't know. But for me, it was a little heavy handed. And um, I'm not a big fan of this episode opening up a can of worms where it's just like, what happened? Da? And then he's like, oh, I, I, you know, and then he has the flashback or he has the to his to his vision. And we'll we'll learn about what happens to Alora, what what or what he sees happening. That there's basically um, his Doctor Strange moment, but there's really not an outcome where their lands are cool and Alora's alive. And um, I could be wrong, but I'm guessing that Kyrus is going to be the thing that they will go after, that she will wear, that's not in his vision, and when she puts that on, it'll protect her. She's a Chimerian. I don't think this is rocket science, honestly, in the plot. And uh, for the record, I have seen more than the, this episode, but it does. There's not really anything that happens that leads me to believe I'm spoiling anything because uh, there's nothing else to it um, on that front. So um, maybe in the final episode, I don't know. But uh, if anything um, happens to her, the world. If anything happens to her, the world will burn. That's what they say at one point in the vision, but then they also say that there's, so I still find the vision stuff a bit confusing, but maybe it's okay. Maybe prophecy and vision are confusing. Maybe there's room for ambiguity here. I'll go with it though. Um, and then uh, when, as the story goes on though, and you start to see that like Willow is going to accept her as his apprentice. I don't know what happens to his other apprentice. He has another apprentice. He's just kind of a dumbass, but I don't really know what happens to him. I liked him though. He was pretty funny. He asked like, like the actual hard, smart questions that nobody else like, when, when are we going to war? When's the war going to happen? And um, so they kind of just, just, you know, leave him behind. But um, um, it opens, there's like questions that you should be asking when you see the episode. And obviously some of the, some of the stuff will come later, but some of it doesn't. And like, you know, like me, gosh, it's kind of weird. I like Silas, his new, his new buddy, the guy who, who's like, yeah, I'm Willow. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, sure. Oh, I'm retired. That guy. Yeah. He's, uh, he's like our new me, gosh. And it's kind of like a bad, it's sort of like, uh, was his name Valkor in the original film and me, gosh, kind of put together, you know? But, you know, you have these questions like we see Mims, Willow's daughter, but Rannon, no explanation. Where is he? And where's Kaya? We have a flashback to Kaya uh, from the film, but Kaya is not there. So it's like um, answers to some of the stuff does come. Some of it, it doesn't. But it sounds like, you know, something happened. So uh, and it, it's it, it's kind of like it's kind of open, but it's. I didn't. Re I don't really like the the pacing of the reveals in these parts, but I also um, am intrigued. As and every time I watch the episode, I am intrigued. Where is this going? What's it going to mean? So, um, but the uh, scene where she's like, "We're partners," and then he's like, "No, we're we're, we're master and apprentice, or teacher, you know, student and teacher." And that kind of stuff. I like that. Uh, like I said, Ellie Ellie Bamber, she she sells these scenes. She's the one who makes it work. She's the one who makes it come together. Um, it's not Warwick in this stuff. I, I, I don't know why Warwick is just not really um, 
not really bringing it as Willow. Even when there's a part where Alora wander, wanders out into the forest uh, outside of the Anelwyn village, and he's supposed to be angry, and he's like, nincompoops. And it's it's very flat. It's it's like he doesn't know his lines. It's like he's just reading off cue cards the whole entire time, and I, I hate to see it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still loving the show, I, especially at this point. Like these first two episodes, loving the uh, the uh, show. I'm still like completely on board. I'm not like um, I'm not out or anything like that. But I've heard the reaction of the, the people say, "Oh, he's always terrible." Um, no, no, that's that's actually not not true. Even in the original film, um, when he's much younger, you know, granted he's working with Ron Howard in his prime, which obviously probably helps, you know get a performance and he's around mad martigan or val kilmer also in his prime which also probably helps um elevate the elevate his performance but in this instance here where he's been acting for for since what 83 now at this point and willow came out in 88 you know kind of expecting a, a little bit more from him than i'm getting um so okay, where am I at now? Yeah, no mention of my boy Migosh, but I guess there's I guess that will be through implication. I mean, the the true story is that the actor who played Migosh took his own life, unfortunately. So so maybe it's just they just want to just leave that alone. I don't know. But uh but I love Migosh and I would m- not mind, you know, hearing something else about him and uh an, another, you know, something about Migosh. I mean, what happens? I hope in in the future episode, in a future episode, when we do learn what happened, maybe we learn what happened to me. Gosh, I hope he's because he, he's as an he's more important to me in terms of the story than Kaya, not to Willow, maybe, but in terms of the original Willow story, like Migosh is in a lot of it, you know, he's all over that movie. He's Migoshing it up. Um, and then we got like the, the wagon scene. See, like this episode's where a lot of this nostalgia begins, it's where like. Oh, okay, the first episodes we did a lot of like, how did we get here? Now we need to give throw in nostalgia, and um, Alora throwing up on Willow. Man, do I love that or do I hate that? I don't know. I really don't know. I I, I know I'm supposed to have worked this out by now, but I had other shit to work through in this show. That I hadn't really get to really get to sift through that, and you know, it's like a, a part of me is like, yeah, and you know, and when she's like, it, when she's in the Anelwin underground village, and like he's like, you know, telling the bad jokes and telling her like to to pick a finger and all that stuff, and and she's like giving him the sideways looks and stuff. Like a lot of that, I like a lot of that's really good. As a Willow fan, it like that feels like a Laura Dannon. Like she's done it. She's got. She's doing the Laura Dan and stuff. Like, I know this is a baby, but I mean, she's, she's imitating the baby and as an adult, and it's good, you know? And in this episode, she's a bit Pollyannish, but also she her IQ feels more consistent in this episode than it does in some of them, just for the record, which is something that, like, I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe I'll feel differently on a, on a future watch or as I watch the whole thing. And uh, but she's good. I like uh, I like Alora Dannon's sort of like breaking down moments in this episode 
where she thinks like I can't do this magic, you know. And it's not like he teaches her like the first word, like Alguatha or whatever the hell she's saying. And then it's like, okay, and then adds a word in. He's like, here's five words. And then he tells her to just do three at a time. It's like, what a horrible teacher. But that that's our willow. And, uh, you know, we don't get to pick our willows. It's a willow we got. Um, but, uh, yeah, but Alora not believing in herself and the, the moments in the, the episode are, are, it was good because it reminds, you know, she was a cook yesterday and now she realizes that she's the, the the future empress and um that's a that's a pretty big pretty big jump to just go okay that's me then cool and go with it you know and th- there's moments i truly did laugh at like in the episode like we're talking about battle magic and she's like yeah battle magic that sounds cool and uh wants to learn that like you know it's it's ridiculous but you know it's it's fun it's fun i mean i i, I, lo- I love like i said i love the world of willow and uh, what they're doing with the, that stuff is good. And uh, Silas as the best friend, the guy's just great. That 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 actor is just just awesome. He's phenomenal. Uh, I really dig him. Um, question I have on um, we'll get into it lightly in the future episode stuff when we talk about which I won't spoil or get into anything any near spoil territory on the future episodes in case you don't want to know any of that stuff uh, at this point i'll make sure to throw it in the back end but let you guys know we're going into that territory but um graden i found it interesting in this episode when they're doing magic graden is reciting it with them Graydon's paying attention to what they're doing, what Willow's teaching her. And um, he's being a student from afar, if you will. And one thing of note is that Graydon did not really seem super interested in Alora. I mean, before this point. And then once it turns out she's Alora, that's when his whole demeanor about her changes, I think. And uh, at least that's what I picked up on when I watched it just now. So what does that mean? You know, does it mean bad things? Is he, is he, are his intentions good? Remember his father whispered something into his ear at the start of the series. And it's like, what does all of this stuff mean? Or, or is he just someone with an interest in magic and now understands how truly important she is? He does bring it all together and he says that like Borman just wants to see what you can do. Like he kind of says why everyone's still huddled around her and sees that she's extraordinary. But also when he said that, I didn't buy that anybody else thought she was extraordinary, just him. Um, but he does give her the confidence to grow the the little plant that she needs to do. And if you notice, Willow says in a few weeks we'll be having jam from it. But she did it in a, in a day. So everything seems like it's bad. But she did do exactly what she should be doing, which proves the magic didn't fade from Alora. She was wrong. Or it was so powerful that she just got a little bit of juice in the tank still. So, um, yeah. So what's going on there, though, with Graydon? You know, he did inspire her, though, which might be setting up an interesting dynamic considering her boyfriend is um, somewhere else. 
And uh, but he does inspire her. So we'll see what happens there. He's clearly into her in some way. Is it romantic or is it for her magic? Um, but then Willow stops believing in Alora. And uh, but Silas is the one who sets him straight. And I, I thought that was very classic Willow without without it being so nostalgic based. Like that's the kind of, that's what Migosh would do for him. Fucking Migosh, rest in peace. Um, Alora must die for the world to survive. Willow, and, so a little observation I made is that Willow has had um, this vision. And uh, Sorsha and to some extent Willow have become the Bav Morda of the series in a weird way. In the original film, Bav Morda is the one fighting prophecy. Alora Dannon is supposed to come and supposed to be the one who will vanquish her or kill her or whatever. And uh, she's like, well, if we kill the baby, then the baby can't kill me. And and uh, I'm going to beat the prophecy. And then we have her daughter grow up and tries to outsmart prophecy just like her mom. And instead of embracing it, like that's and that's that's the thing. That's why I think the curious is the key to saving Alora in the vision, because the the vision is going to is going to happen the prophecy is it's going to going to come true it always does in the story right so far and willow first one it did but there's a twist and that's one of maybe the lesson that yet they didn't learn is that yes this is going to happen but there's going to be a twist and like disappearing pig trick then she undoes herself and sends herself away instead of Alora. so so there's something to it and i think the curious might be it personally and um, so, yeah, and then Kit, the episode ends with Kit wanting to know all about her father and the Chimerian Curus. So clearly, um, it is going to be important in the future. That's the last thing that we have Kit saying to Borman. And then at the very end, Alora is taken by Ballantyne. And um, not liking Ballantyne a lot. I like the actor. The actor's cool. Um, but it's like, he's in this weird place where he has one foot, like in the evil dead and one foot like in comedy, but it's not scary and it's not funny. So it's just dull. It just doesn't work. It just feels like a cheap answer. Like I said, in the last thing, I don't know why what he's already possessed. Why would he give? Why would he give his? Uh, why would he give Jade the uh, sword? Like, I don't know. I'm just not really feeling it. I wish it had gone more Evil Dead, though. To be honest with you, I would rather it it, it be more comical. And um, you know, his, and his, what's weird is like his voice. I was wondering in the last episode when his voice sounds all evil. That's just how the guy sounds. He has a really deep voice, and I can't tell. Um, what's supposed to be the possessed evil one, and once one, what is just his normal voice? Because we don't really get a lot with them before this part. This part, so but at the end, we get the plant growing and the indie music starts playing again. Was this the hurdy gurdy man one? I think so. And uh, you know, so that's uh, once again, was never a big fan of the indie music playing, but it's as it begins to permeate into the shows that I begin to have my real problems. So that's sort of my like general thoughts on episode two. And when it comes to 
the rest of the series up to episode seven, uh, three, four, five, six, and seven. I don't think I'm allowed to talk about spoilers from it. It's not very clear um, what what the rules are on this. So I'm going to go spoiler free just to just to be respectful, to be thankful for the opportunity to view the show uh, early and bring you content um, as on you know as it happens, as I'm allowed to, as the shows air. So the next episodes. Get, it goes it goes into like a sort of a darker place and like you know as the, we have to go to Nakmar, which is very obvious that's not a huge spoiler or even a spoiler it's very much implied in the episode we're going through Nakmar. they're like oh you don't do that which means we have to do that but like i said uh in the other episodes once when metallica plays on that reveal ooh, boy, i'm not happy i'm not happy about that and um that was a, that was a hard one but the cast does uh a pretty good job moving forward. I'm very happy with the cast. This is the one thing I will say. And that's why, while there's certain narrative devices that are used that I'm not happy with, um, I love all of the new characters, you know, and my, my big gripe is that you, you, you've seen it now. Um, there's this dynamic between, between Jade and Kit where they go, oh, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's what you're going to do anyway. And then it's not really settled. And there was like a confrontation. And after like a heart to heart. And then it's not settled. And it continues to happen for, could, keeps going throughout the series. Um, and uh, I honestly could have done without it. I could have done with the first one. And then I could we could have gone on in the adventure and forgot our problems while we're out on the road. And then as we get closer to return, maybe that's when we we get to the thick of it, in my opinion. But um, but that said, when the the music stuff happened, I felt utterly crushed. I hated it. It was really hard to get past. And um, I've watched the series a few times now. And um, the, the the first seven episodes, anyhow, and that's helped me. That's helped me um, accept that that part of it. Now, maybe I'm sounding like a huge baby right now. And the only example I could ever use, like I said, is if you imagine Boba Fett climbing out of the Sarlacc pit and Inner Sandman starts playing, how would that make you feel as a Star Wars fan? Because that's how it, this made me feel as a Willow fan. You know, that's what it was like. It was, it was a huge misstep. And, um, but... Now that I've accepted what it is and that it does that, um, on my second watch through, I enjoyed the whole thing a hell of a lot more than the first time. And my only, I don't know what happens in the eighth episode, so I don't know, you know, I don't know how this all shakes out. Um, you know, <clears throat> Christian Slater shows up. Um, in the the sixth episode, it's fantastic. And my fear for the series is that it that's it for him. If there's nothing more from him, I'm going to be super bummed. And um, maybe that's all for him for this for the for the season. I'm not sure. It's it's not really clear. But um, I hope there's more from him, and I hope he's a series regular, not a guest star. Um. And 
the the uh, series plays with things that I wouldn't call it sacred, but it's like the trolls when you meet them later on when we end up in one one episode on the I think it's also in the sixth episode. Like they they talk and they're kind of smug, they're kind of like smug yuppies, some of them. And it's like, oh, that right there is sort of it sort of sucks in a way, but it's sort of funny. And I don't want to like rain on the parade of the joke. And so I'm like, I'm I'm kind of okay with it, but I don't really love it. I w- I think it could have been handled better. And um there there's there's other things like there's like a cameo from like the brownies, but that's all that it is. And it's also super convenient. It's like, really? They just, they just there. Like, this is just where they're at, like without giving into it. But it's like, you know, and, and there's like a moment where the, one of the brownie, the brownie is like, well, you know, this is your new friend, June and roll kind of thing. And you're just like, you know, no, I want brownies. I want little tiny creatures at the side of the road. We do have one. There's like one moment where there's these like little tiny monster things. And like, I like it, but I don't feel like, like, I feel like in in the Willow film, you would just walk and you would just be stepping on magical, weird things everywhere. And it's, it's a wild world out there. And, um, and the, the series, it doesn't necessarily give me that vibe. And there's big reveals that happen and on some of those big reveals i was like generally like whoa i'm so dumb i didn't see that coming and i loved it and then you know a few seconds later you know crimson and clover is playing and it's playing in the show like the song and i just that i stuff i just will always hate it it's really hard to get past um it's not the cast fault you know that's not not anybody that's not the cast. Well, I don't think the series was written that way. Um, but nonetheless, it's how it comes out. It's what it's what they're putting out there. I think it was a huge misstep. I mean, if I had w- one wish in the whole entire world, it's that I could watch the show scored. Like if there's like an alternate score version of the show on Disney Plus without the pop music, ooh, we could have our cake and eat it too. I'll tell you that much. That would make me happy. But that said, if I step aside from that gripe, okay, I need to I need to put that aside because it's there. I just I just need to work past it. This is my therapy working past it. But when I get in, down into the to the story, to the dynamic t- between the characters, how the characters care about each other, what's going on out there in terms of story, I, I'm I'm very happy. I'm very happy, and I think I like where it goes. And like I said, I haven't seen the final episode yet, so it's so the verdict's not really in on the, the whole series, but up to the penultimate, I believe there's eight. That also hasn't been super clear, but I think there's eight. And um, I yeah, there's eight episodes. And um, so the the first seven, it's a good adventure. I'm not disappointed in the adventure or the story. There's definitely it's not perfect. Um, it could be better at times that narrative misstep of trying to change what makes Willow Willow by putting, by making it fresh and new with music, but then using songs from 
my father's time. It makes no sense. It makes zero sense. Such a bad call. But uh, there's a couple of some of the performances are also inconsistent with some of the other cast. But overall, it's a young cast and um, it works. And, and I like it. Um, the show at times feels cheaper in certain places. Like when we get to a certain village later on that you might have seen in the trailer, I think. Um, it's like kind of like a little party at a village. And it's like, it's cool. Feels like Willow. But then some of the designs of the characters who are there don't feel like they are in relation to what they're coming from adequately if that makes sense so like i'm talking in like 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 the bone reavers and their connections to general kale and stuff like that yeah they have skeleton faces but after that doesn't really feel like general kale's designs or look to me so i'm just having to kind of like rationalize it by going hey general kale hung out with bav morton i guess he looked like that when he was just a normal party dude so but um recommending willow to most people i'm liking it i feel like i wish that they had put that music thing more in the forefront so i could have embraced myself and embra- uh, braced myself for that um and it would have helped but um it, but it's good it's good second episode's good um not as good as the first in my opinion but um Probably my favorite episodes are the are the sixth and the seventh, um, and I got problems with them, but um, but I do like them better, and and it, it has some some strong points to it. It has some some strong moments, and uh, I will do an episode, um, breaking down each one each week as they come out. I think that's the best way to do this, and um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, let me know in the comments what you guys think, and um anything because i couldn't do the show live obviously um i'm watching these in advance with a with a with a due date the time i can't break um but come on to the making star wars show anything that you want to talk about from the first two episodes that i can i'll gladly talk about it and uh talk about it with you and uh leave a comment if you have anything anything that you want to say and uh i'll make sure to either answer it in the comments or on the making star wars show and uh, thanks for watching and make sure you subscribe. Uh, this will be up on YouTube and as a podcast on um, pretty much every podcast network. Spotify is where I host. So Spotify is what I would suggest you listen to the show. You can also watch the show on with video on Spotify. and um, But it's also on Stitcher and all that stuff too, Apple and everything else. So thanks. Thanks again. Um, Willow's back. I can't believe it. It's pretty wild. Um, as a Lucasfilm as a kid of the late eighties, you know, I'm like watching a Willow TV series, ready to watch a trailer with Michael Keaton as Batman in it, waiting for the Indiana Jones trailer to drop. I I can't complain. I'm I'm a happy guy. So happy old man. But thanks again. See you guys next time. See you next week for more Willow. See you every day, 1 p.m. Pacific Center time to talk about Star Wars, like always. And uh, see you guys next time. It's the end of the show. Come on, let's go. Hey! It's the end of the show. Come on, let's go. Hey! It's the end of the show. Come on, let's go. Hey! You know you should go.
Let's go. It's not about spaceships.